Hello and welcome to Mandatory Movies. Hi. Hi, Brad. Hi, Kevin. I'm Bradley Ratter. I'm Kevin Falkenberg. Brad, how are you doing, Little Miss? <laughs> doing very well, sir. Ma'am. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, are we calling this a relaunch? Or is, is that what this is? Are we rebranding? I don't know. Yeah. We're, it's a reimagining. I don't know if I deleted the first two episodes from the feed or not. But, I still uh, saw them on there the other day, so if yeah. you did delete them, it was very recently. Well, I didn't as at the time of this recording, but I might. So oh, by the time it's released. Way to pull back the curtain. Yeah, uh, yeah so the premise of the show... Happy now, 4th of July, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of the show now is we see a current release in the theater and talk about it and then pick a theme based on that movie and uh pick a couple of movies to watch on that theme yeah some sort of a correlation whether it's actor or theme or or something arbitrary yeah and dumb like like, like a, a word, word in, in the, the title. title yeah oh my god jinx we're gonna edit so that out sync. uh yeah so we have chosen alita battle angel and ai movies yes i selected bicentennial man you selected westworld i did and then we both kind of agreed on ghost in the shell the animated one correct not, yes not the scar joe one we we're also thinking of doing virtuosity but um we decided five movies was probably going to be too much yeah it definitely is uh so yeah uh alita battle angel and if anyone's wondering about our ai films they do not include ai <laughs> artificial intelligence yeah well i mean the, the film AI. let's do full title yeah the full title is oh, AI, AI, Artificial, Artificial Intelligence. Yeah, right. We're not just going to call this Alita. It's Alita Battle Angel. As much as and I wanted to do I just a stroke. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we want the good Isaac Asimov movies. Yeah. Like Bicentennial. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's get right into it. Unless you want to talk about general AI movies. I don't know. Yeah, do you want to set the scene? Brad, what are some of your favorite general AI movies? Bicentennial, man. Oh, yeah. That's cool. We're going to have a difference of opinion. (laughs) Uh, No, let's... uh, Battle Angel, uh, the movie James Cameron's been talking about making for 20 years. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's been a really long time. And yet he only wrote it. It was supposed to come out two years after uh, Avatar 3. So, you know, like 2016. Um, But then Avatar 3... Uh, got two sequels added to it and uh, another 10 years in development. So has he been wanting to make it like since the anime came out in like 93? I think so. Like, I, I honestly, I think he's been developing it for like decades and he was going to direct wow. it. And I think the fact that Avatar 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 are taking like 15 <laughs> years to the point where they're fucking irrelevant and no one cares anymore. I know. Uh, you know, I think he he tapped Robert I like, Rodriguez. I like bringing up Avatar sometimes because that was a movie that I kind of disliked when it came out, and I feel like a lot of people are coming around to that. You know, the, <laughs> I actually rewatched it um, like a year ago, and it was one of those things where it was the first time I'd seen it since the theater. Which at the time I thought it was fucking amazing. Like it was it was one of my best movies of the year. I thought it was great. I thought the 3D was actually interesting for the first time ever. That's weird. And. Uh, <laughs> so weird that's uh, weird that's like that's like a complete opposite of what I felt <laughs> did you see it? yeah I saw oh. it in theater 
in 3d oh, was there a way to see it yeah, could you see it in 2d or was it yeah all, i saw it 3D, 3d and 2d and i and i thought it was really great and i thought it looked amazing yeah. and uh i was all about it and you know and then i watched it like a year ago and oh my god it like the i don't know if it's just that like big screen hd tvs weren't a thing in 2009 quite yeah. yet uh but like boy like hd is not kind to the effects in avatar like it wow. really does look like a fucking cartoon and <laughs> you know like the plot was never super uh like complex or anything it never Whoa. really didn't really have a lot Nor of like, was it original really <laughs> like deep ideas or anything i never cared about the dances of wolves comparisons no i thought it was i thought it looked good but uh i remember leaving the theater just kind of like yeah okay yeah, you know, but like, I'll, I'll probably never watch that again. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like seeing it, seeing it this time, be, not being impressed by the effects or or the visuals really in any way. Uh, oh my god, what a fucking chore that yeah. is to watch at two hours and forty minutes. And um, I also think I might hold may hold some resentment for it because uh, it's it brought back three D, which has since been completely yeah. bastardized and overused and just. Uh, just it's terrible now although it's like declining again i don't, I don't know oh, good. like pe- people are kind of over the gimmick which is good um now we just have to get rid of curved tvs <laughs> and fucking 120 frame per second video motion flow bullshit or whatever the hell they call it now uh yeah <sighs> high frame rate yeah uh yeah that, that it's pretty awful anyway alita battle angel which James Cameron did not do, probably mercifully so. Yeah. Um, Because it probably would have been another half hour longer. Although you could definitely tell his hand was in it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why? Because it had, like, kind of a cool central character and then a bunch of bland characters around her. And a giant militaristic, uh, beefy enemy (laughs) dude. (laughs) Where I'm like, am I watching Avatar again? Because this is, like, him fighting uh, what's-his-face at the end of Avatar. Yeah, that big... Uh, I don't even remember who starts. Sam Worthington, right? He was the uh, the wheelchair guy yeah. who gets an Avatar yeah. body. And he fought the giant... Uh, the mech warrior yeah, guy. Mech, he, he jumped in the mech suit and he, he jumped in the mech suit and fought him with a knife or whatever it was. And then just did like a really shoddy like Arlie Ermy impression from Full Metal Jacket. Right. And just said like, military yeah. things. I'm a Marine and I... I get some, and it's hardcore America. Yeah. Well, it's not. Is it America at that point? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Unobtainium. <laughs> See, that never bothered me either, as much as it did other people. Uh, but anyway, Alita. So that was Gruishka in this film. <laughs> so Brad, what's the? Give me a quick synopsis of Alita. Uh, uh, a scientist, or a, like a no, sorry, a robo doctor played by. Christoph Waltz finds, uh, like, the scraps of an AI android girl in a scrapyard and puts her back together, and then it turns out she's, like, some ancient race of amazing fighting warriors, and she becomes, like, an aspiring roller derby fighting champion. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And... Boy, when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and then she falls in love with some bland guy and who has like a a unicycle motorcycle thing <laughs> with a huge tire. And the uh, and the robo doctor puts her back together again <laughs> because his daughter died and he's a real creep who can't let go. <laughs> Are we gonna have to re record this? Uh, Probably. 
<laughs> Unicycle motorcycle. I didn't feel like was going to be in the synopsis of this film. Uh, now, good. So it's it's starring um, Christoph Waltz, as you mentioned, the uh, the ubiquitous Mahershala Ali, um, and Jennifer Connelly, who's uh, I didn't realize she was in this movie before I went to see it. I, I looked up nothing about the cast or anything really before I, I went to see it, other than what I saw in the commercials and trailers, but. Um, so if Jennifer Connelly was in the trailer, pff, I missed that. But yeah, yeah, yeah she was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, there it's like fifteen hundred years into the future, and uh, people are living below this floating city, which is the last of its kind, and uh, they're all trying to get up there because that's where like life is great, and that's where all like the important people are. And for some reason, all these people down here, even though they have perfectly fine lives, they want to go up to this other place that they've never seen before. They're street rats. They are. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I I didn't hate watching it. Like, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was... Um, I, I felt like it was a, a, a long trek to go through for, like, a, a, a ballsy, in a way, setup of, like, hey, we're going to make more of these. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I actually think it could have been a great, like, one-shot movie just on its yeah. own you know with with like potential for sequels um that would have been fine yeah. but like the fact that it, it like needs a sequel to complete its story is weird yeah it really sucks weird. yeah um which is like like the matrix didn't even do that <laughs> like the matrix was like hey we could be done here or not yeah yeah and like i, I feel like that's what this needed to be because it didn't yeah. like it didn't really wrap up any of its themes like i feel like it, i feel like everything like all the ingredients were there for this to actually be really good uh and instead it just like falls short and you know like it, it falling short like in retrospect just calls into question a lot of things about it and kind of makes right. me not want to like be on its side like I was, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time and now yeah. that i've seen the whole thing and i don't I don't like the way it ends. Now I'm looking back on some things and thinking like this movie is kind of stupid. Well, it's also like a weird thing. Like it's set up for sequels where, like you said, like you can't complete the story until you see the sequels. And yet it feels like they crammed so much shit into the first movie Yeah. to the point where you're like, why are we focusing on this? Like, would we really need the, the, the motor ball shit in this movie? I mean, I feel like you'd, kind of do i mean motorball yeah it's basically it basically is roll i don't remember what they call it in the movie but it's roller rollerball yeah uh yeah, uh, yeah it's especially roller derby where you can kill other robots <laughs> yeah and it's all yeah like that's or seems to be the robots. whole point like i i don't even know how like the the track was so long yeah. that i don't know how how do you even score I don't know. You know, because, like, it's weird because they, they set it up with this, exp, you know, this, like, expository sequence where they kind of play it in the street and they introduce yeah. Alita to it. And when there she's actually like, is, like, a goal or whatever. Yeah, but it's, it's like, the size of a basketball court and, you know, they can actually score multiple times. Right. Whereas, like, the two times we see it played in, like, the giant arena in the middle of this big city... Uh, it's like the, it's like a two mile long yeah. track and they all die before they even get to the goal. So like, you never the see them complete this? a game. Yeah. <laughs> she, so the, the only time we see her play it, she fucking bails to go save she her boyfriend. She literally breaks out of the wall of the stadium to go save her boyfriend. And the announcer's like, whoa, that was crazy. And then it's like, and I'm, I'm just thinking like, so everybody in the arena right now is going, what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, you know, and like, that's, that's one of the other things about this movie too, is that I think it has like no self-awareness and no, there's no humor in it. Yeah. There's no like intentional humor. Whereas like, I feel like even just like a cut back to the audience. Right. Like of them just going like, what the hell? Like, I feel like that would have been, that would have like given us like a little wink. Like we actually realized this is a little bit ridiculous. But... Or maybe since, since Vector ran the thing, the, the character Vector, that he could be like, Hey, send a camera to wherever the fuck they went. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, I don't like send it back to the stadium and there's like a rodeo clown in there, like entertaining the audience <laughs> yeah, or something to, like just something like trying I trying to nervously keep them entertained. Like, where are they? Cause that's, part of, that's part of the thing is that one of the things that I did like about this movie is sort of like star, how star Wars has like that lived in approach to the future. Like, right. I feel like this has that, that same thing too, where like this city, it, it makes sense. Like there's a lot of futuristic movies where like people just all wear uniforms and everything is orderly and stuff. And like, this actually feels like an extension of current reality with just different technology. Right. Like the unicycle motorcycle. Um, yeah. And I think that's, and I thought that was really cool. I like that. Yeah. I like the, they really did. They went a long way, I think with a little bit as far as world building goes. Um, which I mean, obviously takes a lot of it from, from the manga and the, the anime, uh, you know, for the design elements, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Cause we watched a little bit of that earlier. Um, and uh, I don't know, but I still, it still kind of hangs me up on the fact that I feel like they were just trying to do, do too much with it. It was trying to be like a, like a kind of a sports movie, like with the sport movie elements. And then you had the, uh, um, the young adult rebellion movie you had the like well yeah so like yeah one of the, one of my one of the few notes that i did take was who the fuck is the audience for this movie right like i don't know if this is like a, a movie for teenagers if it's for everybody if it's for sci-fi fans like i don't i don't really understand who this is directed toward yeah. and and i think part of the problem like i assume I, teens like I think, 13 to whatever well i don't know because i feel like I feel like part of the reason for that is that it does feel sort of incomplete, you know, because ha- I think it right. has, I think it has some pretty complex themes to it. Um, I, but it just, it doesn't actually like fulfill them. Like nothing ever comes of any of them. So right. I, it, it just kind of feels like this sort of like in the end, it's sort of generic and it just has this sort of teenage ish hero. I mean, I guess she's ageless or right. she's hundreds of years old or whatever, but you know, nothing, nothing is real. Nothing comes of that. And but she just has this, she has like a, a very basic cinematic teenage romance with a right. bland guy. So like it, it definitely feels like a teenage kind of movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I just, I sort of don't know what to do with it. Like as soon as they see each other, they just want to jump in. Yeah. It's, it's literally the first guy she meets. Yeah. You know, it's, it's literally that where it's like, uh, you know, it, I don't know. He's got a leather jacket on. I guess that's cool. Which, which is a running <laughs> but, theme for the podcast tonight, which is something that's near and dear to my heart, which is robot fucking. Yeah. So that's that's going to come up tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not did, that there's any of that in this did, movie. Did but, it, hap- it didn't happen in all of them? Uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> Whether but, implied or... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I enjoyed it while it was on, and yeah. then it, it was utterly forgettable. I, after I will that. absolutely say, like <laughs> almost without any sort of uh, humor or anything, like uh, 
sarcasm or, or what have you that if this were like nominated and won like best visual effects next year i wouldn't have a problem with it no i thought they were great. i was blown away by like i thought they were great there were scenes where i'm watching her where i'm watching alita and i'm like is is that a real person right now and they just cgi'd like her face but yeah and then, yeah i mean uh, like honestly other than her eyes which are yeah, big yeah uh which seemed to be a stylistic choice, which I liked. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, um, yeah I thought I thought she looked very realistic. And, oh yeah. And like the, uh, I thought the action sequences, you know, the few that there were, I thought they were really great, really exciting. Like, I mean, the yeah. one roller ball scene that she's in uh, was exquisite. It was a really cool sequence. Unfortunately, it just gets cut short. Like, I would, I would have liked to see her like right. win that competition and then go save her boyfriend but uh instead she rollerblades through the wall <laughs> and and over some pipes and stuff i i don't know it, that that was a bizarre choice and then make. quote unquote saves her boyfriend and yeah. then has to go back later <laughs> yeah. to play the game and be the star player and it's like okay so okay <laughs> yeah i feel like it's hard to even talk about it without even talking about what happens at the end but i don't know yeah uh what do you think of christoph waltz um, I thought he was an odd choice for this character. Yeah. But, um... To play, uh, Dr. Ito? To play a hunter warrior? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, uh, yeah, hunter warrior. Yeah, it's basically, like, the, the city of the future has no, like, real police force. They just have, basically, bounty hunters. So if anyone commits crimes, there's a bounty put on them. And hunter warriors... Yeah uh go and kill those people or those machines for money uh and they're like competing with each other but also friends with each other ish i don't know it's yeah i mean you know it's weird i liked some of the hunter warrior stuff um you liked jeff fahey was he in it i think he was the guy with the dogs with the robot dogs yeah um yeah i mean i actually i liked that scene and i thought that that sort of that little sort of dip into that that culture of these hunter yeah. warriors was interesting to see how like right because they're all very eccentric and they all have different sort of like abilities i mean in this future people yeah. people have like robot enhancements and like yep. mechanized limbs and stuff cool. like that and Post -apocalyptic i thought apocalyptic john wick action <laughs> yeah basically yeah like i thought i thought some of that stuff was really interesting and, and kind of visually interesting like visually cool um and, you know, there's one scene where she goes into the bar to sort of, like, rally the troops against this yeah. one other, you know, hunter, killer, warrior, whatever, who's who's coming after them. Like, I thought that was, I thought that scene was really cool, and she kind of fights all of them to prove that she's worthy. Yeah. And, like, it was a fun action sequence. It kind of re reminded me of uh, that first scene in Kingsman in the bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it kind of reminded me of that, where it's, like, it just kind of fun and like I feel like that's sort of the tone that the movie needed where it was uh where it was just sort of like wink wink you know yeah. and it was kind of playful in its action and its silly concept <laughs> you know but like instead the rest of the movie is super serious about this kind of childish concept I don't know yeah that scene was also weird to me because she went in there to rally the troops against uh Gruishka right yeah and then he shows up, basically threatens to kill everyone there. And then once they take the fight away from that bar, they're still not on her side. 
Yeah. And I'm like, wait, he just showed up and tried to kill all of you and you still don't yeah. want to fight with her? Yeah, Garishka being the villain <laughs> that uh, Christoph Waltz, Dr. Ito's yeah. wife, who divorced him and she's now Such working a, for the enemy very yeah. convoluted plot just a badly done subplot yeah absolutely she builds in i you know she leaves because their daughter gets killed and he decides to make a daughter robot <laughs> which yeah. is another reason why it's like yeah she's like hundreds of years old but she's still treated as a child because her intent was to be his child. Yeah. Which had, is like weird. <laughs> yeah. Wearing his 13 year old daughter's clothes right. that have like little daisies on them and stuff yeah. like that. And the Android body that was meant for her. Yeah. <sighs> Until but she gets her super cool warrior. Yeah. body. <laughs> but he's the greatest robot doctor in the slums or whatever they call them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was, I was glad I saw it and I thought it, could have been a lot better um yeah i i don't know i wonder if james cameron would have been better for it than robert rodriguez I don't know. yeah that's a good point or I, I wonder if it would have just been a half hour longer and really drawn out one thing i know for sure um mahershala ali was very underutilized uh, he he was he may as well have been a fucking robot himself I know. like I, I i don't know like why cast him if you're not gonna do anything with him yeah. i did love how whenever he was possessed by nova he changed his whole demeanor that was really cool that was well done by him yeah nova being like the creator of he's Something. like this immortal <laughs> being boy it really is convoluted when you try to explain yeah. it um but yeah i, I don't know he he lives we're, we're, he lives up on the floating city and can somehow control people and see everything yeah. at the same time uh and yeah he controls Maharshala yeah, Ali. He he leads Zalem, which was that city that's the sole survivor of this ancient war, and it's like this whole mythology. Yeah, <laughs> it's complicated to try to explain. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I don't but, know. I, maybe it would have benefited from being a half hour longer. I don't, or or maybe it would have been boring as well, shit. It was that weird thing where when she's back, like has her big thing at the end. I'm like, all right, so this is so she's gonna like go up to Zalem and fucking take down Nova. <laughs> But then it ends in the like, next movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess so, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked I liked the ideas in the in in it where it's like basically poor people being kept poor, and even when they win, they lose. You know, because there's there's a whole subplot where a, a couple people are are trying to like vector is this gatekeeper for and that's Marshala Ali's character. Yeah, for for sending people up to Zalem, and if they give him money or do favors for him. And essentially what happens is if they do that, then they just, he like takes all their organs and that's how he fulfills his promise to send them to Zalem and they become like replacements for people there for rich people. And like, I, I thought that was an interesting idea that was just never really right. explored in any way. It was like this afterthought. Yeah. They throw a lot of cool things and then it's like, that's, that's where it ends. Yeah, until the next movie, which right. won't be made because this failed miserably. Although, the, yeah, and that scene where Alita like makes her way up to his penthouse office or whatever the hell it is to, yeah. to confront Vector, and then um, what's his face Gruishka shows up with his robot tentacle spear hands, and I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, this is the peak James Cameron right now in this film. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like we've reached peak Cameron in this film. Uh, yeah, I so like I I feel like if this has 
a little bit more of a sense of humor about itself. And if it has like a really like I need, it needed a really cool score too. Like I feel like if yeah. it had like a Daft Punk score might've been really cool, but like the music was utterly forgettable. Um, yeah. And, just and I mean, and I think if the, if the, the kid that she falls in love with, I think if he's just, if he has any personality at all, uh, this movie is really cool and really fun to watch. And I want to go see it again and buy an action figure. But, yeah. uh, as is it's, I, I never need to see it again. I would watch a sequel, um, but I, it, it, it just, yeah. it, it falls so short. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of promise there and I think the effects are great. Although I wonder if it's one of those movies like Avatar where in four years the effects are already dated and yeah, it looks true. terrible yeah, um, it's just, by the time that sequel gets made. Yeah, and I would agree with all that because it's like most everybody in the movie, their characters change just because the plot demands it and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Like um, Jennifer Connelly's character like completely turns on a dime just because of you know, X, you know? Well, no, because she sees Alita, how much she loves that bland kid who rides the motorcycle, right. unicycle. And then she's like, oh yeah, I used to be a mom. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like where was, where was this, like, where did that plot line go? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. And then Ido, the, um, Christoph Waltz's character spends like, what does he sound like? First now I now I won't be able to do it. I've been doing it all night. <laughs> he spends the first half of the movie like just telling, like per, trying to protect her from everything. Like, what like, is it? A sample line? <laughs> <laughs> See, now it's now it's going to come out and it's going to be terrible. I know. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're hoping for it. <laughs> you, do not go out after dark. <laughs> I'm laughing my way through it. It's not helping. Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, immediately changes too. And he's like, oh, you want to play fucking murder ball? Go for it. Wear a helmet. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, last last thoughts on Alita. What did you think of uh, Ito's, Christoph Waltz's uh, weapon of choice as a hunter killer? Oh, you mean the rocket axe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rocket axe. Um, pretty cool in an anime. Not very cool in, <laughs> in a live action that, that's film. That's the thing is like, yeah, because we did watch the anime a little bit and, and seeing it in there, you can animate that yeah. so that it actually looks fluid and, and right. u- like a usable weapon, yeah. but watching... Or fluid in the context of the animation style so it doesn't look out of place. Yes, whereas when you see it in quote unquote live action <laughs> and Christoph Waltz, this awkward white guy this who's never been in a fight in his life... <laughs> tries to use this like 200 pound axe that accelerates and literally every time he used it he looked like he was fucking it up yeah. it looked like, like he found it 10 minutes ago it was like watched a youtube tutorial he's like I, I almost feel like every time he swung it he missed i mean he did he actually never connected with it, it was so oh, bad God. My uh, rocket axe does not hit my intended target. No, that's Christoph Walken. <laughs> yeah. I've had too many beers at this point. I have uh, had too many beers. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has let me into his world, and I am in orbit now. Uh, I feel like that I think was... that's a direct quote from his Oscar speech, or his Golden Globe speech. Is that what he said? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was so awkward. Sucked me into his orbit, and now I have a rocket axe. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kinds of roles I am offered now. (laughs) 
after winning two Oscars for the same character. <laughs> Hello, little Evita. Would you like some strudel? <laughs> Let me take out my oversized pipe <laughs> for comedic effect. Oh my god, he had an oversized pipe, an oversized axe. <laughs> this fucking axe in this movie, he has on a goddamn wheelie suitcase <laughs> that goes up to his belly button. I think even bigger. It might even be higher than that. <clears throat> She's like, where's he? First of all, how did he hide that fucking thing from anyone in his house? <laughs> and then, to make matters worse, at the, at the sign of danger, he has to open the case, put it together like a fucking two-piece billiard cue. <laughs> and then he, and so then he has to chalk it. Yeah. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on, I get to bet their attraction with the chalk on the cue. Uh, Started like a weed whacker. <laughs> Hold on, I have to pull the ripcord on my rocket axe. First, let me hit the primer ten times. <laughs> oh, I need some. Does anyone have any five weight oil? <laughs> I need five weight oil for my rocket axe. Oh. We ready to move on? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It, it almost sounds like we didn't like this movie. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. It's probably the best <laughs> one of the four. Oh. oh, so much fun. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so Bicentennial Man. Um, the 1999 Christopher Columbus, Robin Williams, absolute misfire. Not the it. explorer Christopher Columbus, but the... Mrs. Doubtfire director, Christopher Columbus. Correct. Chris, does he, does he go by Chris or Christopher? I don't know. I don't think anyone was confused about the first part, though. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, In 1492, <laughs> I found their rocket axe in a suitcase. And sailed the ocean blue. Uh, uh, yeah, Bicentennial Man. Uh, Robin Williams plays an android by the name of Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Martin. It, and by the way... It, is that not like, uh, like a prediction of how generic and unimaginative this is going to be? <laughs> hey, we have an android. What should his name be? Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> like, what a premonition for the next two and a half hours of your life. I do appreciate that this movie just started, boom, right off. Yeah. First scene, android delivered to the house. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> yeah. We're off and running. Like, who are these people? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they get an android, uh, what, like, house helper, like a butler <laughs> kind of thing, or a servant. Yeah. Who they don't need. No, they're, they're very well-to-do. See, see, uh, let me take it from here, Brad. It's the age-old tale of an affluent family who, who uh, takes in and, and adopts an, an android, and then the android <laughs> grows up through his life wanting to fuck every female member of his family. <laughs> an android who understands everything, yet still sort of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He doesn't understand that people die, but he understands everything else. <laughs> or, or that family members look like each other. <laughs> After he's been on the planet for a hundred years. Yeah. So Bicentennial Man, it, yeah. So these people, they get this android. Uh, take, it, it, the movie starts out in 2005, the, the near future. Six years into the future where we have androids. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and already like one. space age vans that deliver yeah. them. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and so basically the uh, the the young daughters, little miss, yeah. uh, because they don't like him for some reason, tell him to jump out the window, and he does, <laughs> and he bumps his head and somehow gains consciousness, and then they uh. he, no longer is he like a. Like a servant, but now he's sort of like a pet. Was that when he gained consciousness? I don't even think I picked that. I up. think I think that was the idea. Because uh, hit him on the head and yeah. he became a person. Yeah. Uh, so then he grows up through the ages, wants to become free and not be their servant anymore. He backpacks across the the mountains and stuff, and it's so weird. Finds Oliver Platt, who's like an engineer who like bit by bit turns him into into a, like a human being yeah uh you know first by just like giving him like a flesh body or like a silicone body yeah and then <laughs> like and then gives him like sensory feelings and then, <laughs> and then gives him a penis so he can go back and fuck little miss's granddaughter who he mistakes for little miss <laughs> and uh. I, I mean this probably makes no sense um no and it it doesn't if you're watching the movie either no because they're they're literally like the first i would argue half to three quarters of the film are like vignettes it's like hey here's a robot interacting with a family okay he falls out a window hits his head and then it's like okay and now he's gonna do this now he wants to uh oh he breaks her toy now he's gonna build uh he he learns woodworking. He's going yeah, to make things it. out of wood. Now he's building birdhouses or whatever the fuck else. And then it's like sooner. And then it's like, oh, he he wants to wear clothes now. And then it's like, oh, next scene. It's like, oh, um, how can I get my freedom? And it's like, what the motherfucker? You've never mentioned freedom once in this yeah. entire movie. <laughs> I, you know, and it'd be one thing if he was like reading history books or something like that. Right. Like they, but like he he always seems to like have no awareness of anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally nothing. He's so surprised by everything. Like, it's baffling. Even though Sir, played by the the great uh, Sam Neill, uh, teaches him things. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be every night or what, but he he goes through and gives him, like, life lessons. He teaches him about sex. He teaches him about sex. And yet when when Little Miss dies later in the movie, he's like, are people just going to die, like, around me? (laughs) And I'm like, wait, yes. you don't understand death yet? Yes, you've been around for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my favorite part too, when you're like, you're just starting to get into a timeline and then it's like 16 years later and you're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, now I don't care again. Now I'm back to square one. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I mean, that, that's a really weird thing too because you, you never actually do get any kind of like foothold on any real character. Like he's kind of the only one and he, right. he is so bland and right. boring and just not it's it's he's not even remo- interesting to watch he's not even remotely interesting to even watch until he's robin williams well and even then he's i, I think at that point it, it has like gone it's gone so far off the rails that two fucking hours this movie Jesus. it's two hours and 15 minutes oh. like at that oh. by the time like halfway through where he gets the robin williams body and it's now robin williams playing him and not just like this generic looking robot yeah uh you know it, I, I feel like it's gone it's gone so far off the rails that it's almost interesting again just to see how how far it's going to spiral right. and just how dumb it's going to get and boy I, I i don't know i i just don't know who who like read this screenplay and was like yeah <laughs> like i yeah, fuck yeah. like robin Rob, apparently disney uh they cut like 20 million dollars from the budget but like right before production and robin williams blamed that on it being a bad movie oh and my was God. like 
what I don't know what that would have done because it's not like it's not like the effects are bad. I mean, no, they're, they're actually not. There aren't really a lot of effects to really speak of, other than the robot itself, which maybe with twenty million dollars more they could have made something right. that didn't look like that. I mean, it was fucking creepy, but uh, but it also I mean it looked bad, but it was also like kind of supposed to look bad because it was like oh. You know, later on, he's like, oh, we have more a fully articulated face. So he was supposed to be kind of like the version one of this android. So he was. But like I another like one of the things that's weird about it is that in as as the movie progresses into the the later future, like, yeah, it seems like robots aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. Because at one point, it's like he's looking for other robots of his kind to see if any of them also have consciousness. Right. And he can't find... Like, he literally... Like, all the robots he finds are dead. Right. Or they're, like, out of commission or whatever. Well, and the thing where it's like... I don't know what their view of the future was, but, like, I feel like halfway through the movie... So, I I don't know if that's supposed to be 100 years or probably not, but... Yeah. um, Like, the only futuristic... Like, the buildings look a little weird and the cars don't have wheels <laughs> and i'm like oh that's that's all you got for me <laughs> well yeah like and it's just like i, I it's also like it, i mean the movie basically chronicles his andrews uh yeah. like journey from being a robot to a human and right. like i don't i don't know why he wants to become human yeah like I, which is I, weird I because that's that. that's only his driving purpose like in the last half of the movie i know and it, but it and makes like, Wait, such what? a plot point yeah. for it and like he didn't always at least throw some shit in there in the first half where he like he's yearning to be human. Yeah, or like like at least understanding what it is to be human. Yeah. Like I feel like if that were the drive of the movie, if it were if it were like sort of this meditation on what it is to be human, like that would be interesting right. from the perspective of a robot who is becoming human. But like yeah. it it just isn't. Like the only the only ways he's human is like how fucking trivial he is and how small minded he is. Like right. he's just a boring fucking personalityless that I had no articulation there. Personality list. Personality list. Uh like a robot. It's just I, I, I don't know. Like it, and the future is so lame. Right. Like I, I just don't And all the dramatic notes are so forced and like him splitting up with, with Sir with Sam Neill's character because like he wants his freedom and Sam Neill's like mad because like his kids grew up and moved out or I don't know what the fuck that was about. And, and then like there was that, Oh, the one scene when like they first do the jump when the kids aren't kids anymore. And the, the one who told him to jump out the window is like dating some biker dude or whatever. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? I mean, she's basically Alita at that point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dating a leather jacket wearing motorcycle guy. And she's like, she's making out with the guy like in their, driveway also they're like 30 i know and and what does the mom say when she says she goes you're grounded young lady and i'm like what the fuck i'm like she's like 30 yeah why is a why are they so fucking living there and b why is she grounded yeah the the i there's a one of the imdb trivias is uh is that the movie takes place from 2005 to 2000 to 2205 so it's a 200 year span right and it chronicles yeah it chronicles (laughs) three generations of this family so like he comes back a hundred years later and the (laughs) little miss who was a child when he lived with the family is a grandmother now and he sees her granddaughter right and it's like so she lived to be a hundred yeah he doesn't understand he's totally he's he's like furious (laughs) that that's not that that's not her. It's like, wow, you look great for your age. Right. And he just doesn't understand heredity and that 
yeah, someone would also look like her mother or grandmother. And even her, oh, Portia, that's the granddaughter's name, played by the same actress. But um, I thought it was Grand Little Miss. <laughs> I, I thought the, the naming was so awkward. I, I just, yeah. why, why not just call her I by her name? I think that's from the book, too, which is, I really want to know how the book differs from this. Um, and yeah, because that was the other thing is that when they're um, near the end, when he's finally fighting for like his right to be human, which again, he decided on a whim over fucking eggs and breakfast. Yeah. When she's like, they're never going to accept us because you're a we, robot and I'm a human. He's like, this won't, this won't do. And then he leaves and I'm like, what? Well, now we're doing this. Well, he wants to get married. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why? You're, you're a role. Like I, you, that doesn't, that doesn't, what does that mean? Right. Like, I don't even understand what that means to you. And that was the, cause she, that was, it was right before he decided to be mortal and have his operation <laughs> have his op because she, they're <laughs> so sitting they're dumb. sitting on their back patio or whatever and she says she's 75 yeah. and then he lives till he's 200 and i'm like so wait how the fuck old is she right now <laughs> yeah that's the thing is like yeah the the that imdb trivia is that they the this clan has has babies when they're really old and like the yeah. estimate was that they have they have children when they're like 75 years yeah. old <laughs> it's just like what the fuck uh did you did you watch the trailer for this no i wish i had it's totally fucking weird because i was just curious to see how they would sell it but no no they sell it like a comedy i'm walking on sunshine is like uh, in the, the trailer walking on sunshine is played in the trailer oh my god and like you you watch it and be like oh fucking mrs doubtfire with a robot yeah. this is gonna be great yeah nope <laughs> puts pie on his face yeah. <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, you know, so like the other thing was like, I, I guess. How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, all the jokes that he does are improved by Robin Williams. Oh, great. Because they were all really funny. Awesome. Um, no, but like, so I, I, where I liked Alita was the, you know, its depiction of the future and the, the way that it sort of imagined that. Whereas in Bicentennial Man, it it is so bland and. Yeah. And just kind of stupid. Like, like I want to die now. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, I, you know, at the end of the movie, it was almost like I understood why he wanted to become mortal and just die because what a fucking boring place to live. I was just like, I, you know, the the Oliver Platt character who, for some reason, he's able to, uh, you know, modify. He's able to turn a robot into a literal mortal human being. <laughs> And nobody knows. He's still working out of his garage. <laughs> He's a god and nobody cares. Like, the, you know, the actual future, you know, four years later in the movie's timeline where, where it starts, you know, in 2009 when the new iPad comes out and it's seven grams lighter, there's like a news blitz about it. Whereas like a guy turns a robot into a human being and no one cares. Yeah. No one even knows. It's like, what is this? I wanted to play this for you. This was my favorite clip of the film. This is when he first meets Oliver Platt's character. Okay. And you, you know, I, I, I mean, you do this as well, but I'm kind of a lot of times like almost a, an assassin for a bad expository dialogue. Oh, yeah. Like as soon as it comes out, I'm like, oh, my God, fuck this. Well, I, I got something to play for you. And this is pretty great. <laughs> I 
All right, we, we may have to actually put that in, in so post. So in about but... 15 seconds, he said, like, who he was, what happened. He left with his father. His father's dead now. It's like, it's like what the fuck? What is going on? Yeah. I, you know, that, that was another thing, too, where, like, the, in the early stage of the movie, they sort of set up northern robotics as like the villain of the movie it's like so after after he bumps ready. Yeah. after he bumps his head and gains consciousness sam neill takes him to the factory or the, the president of the manufacturer steven root right. and like asks him what's going on and steven root wants to steal him right they so that the, they can they analyze the seeds it. for like he's yeah. gonna do some shit so later. Th- yeah, so this is gonna be like a conflict, and then nothing ever comes of it. No, Samuel's like, I put an alarm on him, so if you try to fuck with his brain, I'm gonna know. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right, that plot point's done. Cross that off. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like that. I mean, the, the movie essentially has no conflict. Like, yeah. there, there's never really anything, and I think it like it's constantly just grasping for something to create drama out of. And instead, it's just like this really treacly, like bad, awkward, sentimental movie. Yeah. Where in the end, like the last third of the movie is he meets Little Miss's granddaughter and hates her. Yeah. Because she's not Little Miss. Right. And he doesn't understand that why she looks like Little Miss. And again, the fact that he still calls her Little Miss is Ugh. so fucking weird. It's so creepy. Well, and the fact that like earlier in the movie. And granted, this is the first time I've seen this movie. I never even saw it before. Earlier in the movie, when he's talking about, like, I think it's when Sam Neill, when Sir, is asking him, like, how he thinks of the family or whatever. And he actually makes a point to mention that he's rather fond of Little Miss. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, the first age jump when they're, like, playing piano. Yeah. And, like, she's, like, looking into his, quote, unquote, eyes. Yeah. It's just, like what like i mean you can see the seeds planting and then the, the fact that it yeah. like comes to fruition it's like he's grooming <laughs> yeah the fact that it comes to fruition with her granddaughter yeah. is like just makes it even more weird like, like he'll just take what he can get <laughs> <laughs> well even the, the the very beginning when he like serves them dinner and then he goes into the kitchen and he's like creepily staring at the mother from <laughs> the kitchen and you're like what is going on with this fucking robot <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, and then he shows up at the house and he's like, well, little miss is, is on death's door, so I guess I'll fuck her granddaughter instead. And you're like, what? I, like, honestly, I, I feel like if that had been like sort of a like a, like a primary drive of the movie yeah. where it, it, it actually, I, I don't know, it actually dives into that. And I mean, it's a Disney movie, so yeah. it definitely wouldn't. But like it, it, if it were made by a different studio, if it were a Miramax movie yeah. or something like that. And he actually, you know, they added like a little bit of Cronenbergian stuff right. where like he wants to experience the pleasure of the flesh or something like that. <laughs> like that might actually be interesting or like, or like he gets drunk sometime or <laughs> like becomes human to actually do human things. Yeah. Like that might be if interesting. If he were human or if he were like a vampire instead of a robot, like because he didn't age and all that. Yeah. He, it would be, he would be the villain. He, it would be fucking creepy as hell. Yeah. He'd be a predator. <laughs> but instead it's supposed to be this sentimental thing and he eventually just fucks the granddaughter of his yeah. owner. <laughs> it's like with his weird fucking prosthetic rubber dick that Oliver <laughs> Platt makes for him before he dies. <laughs> yeah. Again, dies anonymously yeah. because no one ever knows that he fucking turned a robot into a human being. Or, I just... Yeah, or even who who he is at that point. I don't even know. Although I think 
I think later in the movie he does they do show you like a storefront or I don't even know if you would call it a store, like a factory front of his that's all like in lights like Rupert whatever the fuck his name is and so it, I think it's trying to tell you like oh hey he he profited off playing God <laughs> good for him Rupert yeah. Burns that's what it was yeah oh, Rupert Burns like old Rupert Burns who came out of nowhere and like oh yeah my dad invented like the way that you are right now <laughs> like what. <laughs> And by the way, he's dead. Yeah. Nice <laughs> you, to meet you, though. You learn that his dad created him and then and then died before you even know his name. My name's Rupert. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I know your whole fucking life story. And your weird sidekick robot that you probably fuck. He definitely does. Yeah. You never see him out of the garage. <laughs> that I mean, that's another thing with the or movie. Really and with like, a change of clothes. We should wrap up, but like, you never see him out of the garage. And in, the, in like the first third of the movie... Every scene takes place either at the house or at this one spot on a beach. Like there's like three or four beach scenes and it's always like the same rock formation in the background. It's like they filmed maybe that's where like the the lack of that twenty million dollars that Disney cut came from. Maybe they had like five more locations or something. But like the finished product is it takes place at the house and then in this beach and then Oliver Platt's fucking garage. And then, and then he, and then and he then, builds a house on the beach. And you're like... And then, at that same spot, though. And the, yeah, and then there's no point to the house because yeah. they, they barely go back to it. Yeah. But yeah, like when he builds a house, it's like literally that same fucking rock formation is in the background. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like there's n- nothing else here? The one thing I know that that happens in the book that not in this is that he tries to buy his freedom from Sir, from the Sam Neill character. And he... He lets him go free, but he declines that he buy it because he's like, if I take your money, they'll, you know, they'll find out that it came from you and you're an Android and you have a bank account and they might take your money and like all this stuff. So it's like, there's actually like weird, like financial and like legal implications to like a lot of stuff that happens in the book. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's just like, ah, all my kids left me and now you're leaving me too. And I'm like, oh, this seems just so manufactured. Like he's like the like the, Andrew. the world's saddest dad. <laughs> oh, my kids grew up. I'm like they, they moved out of the house when they were 45. Like yeah. relax. <laughs> you got a lot of extra time with them. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. you know I would have liked to have seen what happened with the girl who was into the biker chick. They never who, go back who, to her. Who got grounded? Yeah. yeah. She yeah. was like she was like arm in arm with Little Miss for like the first half hour of that movie or 45 mm-hmm. minutes of that movie. And then she just disappears. And she ends up being like a complete fuck up, which is so weird because they're just like this wealthy white family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. Whatever. Hey, so yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for picking that one. Uh... Also, I'd like to make a retraction. <laughs> um, I mentioned that the trailer for Bicentennial Man included Walking on Sunshine, when in fact it was You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. So, I apologize. Sorry, Robin Williams. I believe in miracles. <clears throat> Since you came along. <laughs> All right. Uh... I believe in miracles. <laughs> <laughs> Since you came along with your rocket axe. <laughs> Put it in my suitcase. All right. Um... <laughs> ah, yeah. So, uh, Westworld. Westworld, 1973. Michael Crichton. Yes. When he was a director. Yes. Completely forgot that he wrote and directed this. Yeah. 
what else did he uh, I, I think when he did this they were talking about him being a promising director but that kind of didn't really materialize did it why because they saw this yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. You're yeah. saying that they didn't see any of Michael Crichton's <laughs> other movies? <laughs> what else did Michael Crichton direct? <laughs> he did a couple. He did like Andromeda Strain, I think. And... Hey, Michael Crichton. Oh, Twister. <laughs> oh, I'm Bill Paxton. He didn't direct that. It was Jan de Bont. No, he wrote it, right? He wrote it. Here we go. What am I on, writing? Yeah, go, to the, go to the director tab. Find that D. There it is. Nine. Westworld. Oh, Coma, all the good ones. Runaway, Physical Evidence. He did the reshoots on the 13th Warrior. And the Timeline video game. <laughs> timeline video game. Yeah. yeah, so, I don't know, Westworld... Uh, Probably his greatest directed film. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to say that. Oh, man. I was, kind of, I was impressed with a lot of the things that he did in it, like... Uh, Early seventies. That's a reach. What were you impressed with? Well, early seventies. Some of the scenes, just uh, I don't know. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I was impressed with like the number of scenes that he had without any dialogue in it. I feel like that was not common then, but I don't know. It might have been more common. It's with American films that I realized, but for maybe, early seventies, maybe you just watched two thousand one A Space Odyssey and thought <laughs> it could be futuristic movies don't have a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Um, oh, robots and no talking. <laughs> well, you know, the the weird thing about that is, like, the, the sort of converse of that is, I don't know if that's the word for it, but uh, the other side of that is uh, that, the like, the dialogue the and the, the speaking that there is is all, like, 100% yeah. exposition. Which and, is such a bummer because I was kind of excited at first because they do the, the movie opens with the, like, like the promo for it, which is, I, I thought at first it was a newscast, but I think it was actually a guy up from the company, like promoting it. Like it was a commercial for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was expository, but it was also kind of like hiding it in like cute thought, little conversations. I thought it was clever exposition. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But the rest of it, like, Ooh, it does not get clever. <laughs> no, the, the rest of it is just like very specific yeah. how this works. And Westworld for anyone who doesn't know is, uh, it takes place in the future and yeah. they have androids who, provide like an amusement park experience for uh i think there were three in the movie it's there's westworld which is like 1850s wild west and then there was like roman Roman world World and uh medieval medieval which i feel like those are kind of the same yeah they're they're not too far away um but yeah they're, they're um like you said it's an amusement park basically populated by androids or robots and may i include robot fucking yeah Sort of like Bicentennial, man. Yeah. Um, Only this is way more blatant. Like, hey, let's go upstairs and fuck these robots. <laughs> but see, I, I feel like that's that's the thing, though. It's like... They're at least honest about it. That, that's the first thing that, that people would want to do. Yeah. You know, so that's like, why they're making robots to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, in reality now, they're like, doing that. There are not robot servants now. There are robot prostitutes. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like... Hey, you can't arrest a robot. <laughs> there you go. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't even know what to say about the movie though, because it, it's so it's so basic. Like it's a it's a cool concept, and that's really all it is. Like yeah. it, it never materializes into into an actual film. Yeah. Like there there's no there aren't really three acts here. I mean the the last half hour of the movie is literally all the characters die, and I the, was surprised at like the 
when because because obviously we didn't really get to it in our synopsis but the robots turn i mean if, if anybody's seen the show that they they remodeled or uh, revamped after this that's kind of the basis for it only the the show is way more intricate this is just kind of like hey the robots are like malfunctioning we yeah. don't know why it's like this virus and we and at one point they say we don't know how these things work <laughs> and i'm yeah. like what <laughs> yeah I, a lot a lot of times these robots were designed by other robots we don't even know how they work like, what the fuck is this place <laughs> you guys are gonna get sued <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I, the thing with the last half hour of the movie is just it becomes it, it just kind of devolves into nothing like there's no right. there's no real story to it i don't give a shit about this character and it just becomes like it, it's basically a slasher movie where the slasher is a gunslinger yeah like he wasn't even the one i was rooting for i wanted james Brown. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to win. Yeah, I'm like oh, he just shit. dies unceremoniously. Yeah, yeah he, he was. I got shot, <laughs> and then he gets shot again, and he dies. And then fucking um, what, Richard um, Richard Benjamin and and Yul Brenner have this weird fucking Pepe Le Pew chase scene where <laughs> Richard Benjamin is like, kind of is what it is, is racing, and Yul Brenner's just like strutting with his hands on his hips. <laughs> yeah, I actually the one of the pieces of trivia on this was that. Uh, John Carpenter based Michael Myers on Eel Brenner in this movie. Ah, which I could totally see. That absolutely makes sense. But like, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about this because really there's nothing there. Like it it was literally just a concept and then turns into a chase at the end. So so even the synopsis on IMDb, a robot malfunction creates havoc and terror for unsuspecting vacationers in a futuristic adult-themed amusement park. That's like... Two thirds of the way through the movie, three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's it, no havoc until, like, it's basically just them fucking around until. Yeah, they the, just kind of dick around and like it's their experience at the amusement park. Right. What what people would do and yeah. like, oh, it, it's it's all very expository. Right. Like they get marooned at one point and like a snake actually bites one of them and then it just cuts to like the the techs in the whatever the control room right. going like oh that shouldn't have happened what's yeah. going on at no point do they decide to shut it down yeah <laughs> and be like hey all this shit's malfunctioning and that snake just bit that guy so we should probably shut this down yeah uh but no we'll uh, see what happens <laughs> to that fat guy in medieval world oh he just got stabbed through the stomach oh yeah. shit whoops uh what did you think of the future in this movie we've talked about it in the the other two the uh, which by the way this movie was made in like 1973 right and apparently it takes place in 1983 Whoa. which sort of explains the way it looks because it's that's true it's basically the 70s yeah. still it's the 70s which are just like a little bit more automated i love it, it is oh it's kind of a, a theme on this podcast but i kind of love old movies that predict the future because they're so fun to watch because yeah. they're so like some of them are so like bad like bicentennial man you're like all right so we're 100 years in the future and the cars don't have wheels that's that's all you did that's that's yeah. all you got yeah or like or like when they do like even as good as terminator is you're like all right so this robot came back from the future and he has to find sarah connor using a phone book like what the fuck mm-hmm. is this shit by the way the <laughs> the other piece of that i knew trivia was that uh, arnold schwarzenegger also based his character in terminator on yul brenner in this movie <laughs> really yes all right but no, like well, because Yul Brenner is 
probably the original Terminator. <laughs> I guess it's it's just such a weird choice, you know. So like Alita, Alita goes fifteen hundred years into the future, and it's like, yeah. okay, we're we're just beyond the the. the I'll the, never live to see it. There, yeah, it's beyond the ability for us to just even conceive what the future would be. So right. whatever they create, it's just like okay, cool. Whereas like Bicentennial Man took place six years into the future, like androids weren't even on the minds of people right. in 1999 like they wouldn't have been created and delivered to homes in 2005 yeah. you're like why'd you pick that year you know and like 1973 like no they they wouldn't like i don't even think like showbiz pizza band you know Chuck E. cheese android <laughs> singers were were like in existence when did they at that open time the hall of presidents was <laughs> yeah it was just like at most, they may have, like, wax figurines of people. Like, why would you choose 10 years into the future for this yeah. amazingly futuristic concept? Ugh, that really makes a lot of sense, though, about him being Michael Myers. Because he doesn't die at the end. Like, yeah. Well, he dies eventually, but he just, like, keeps doing... He throws acid in his face, and he just washes it off. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I love that, too, when Richard Benjamin is, like, going off reservation. Yeah. And, like, he... That's when the movie, he, like, actually gets good, and it's only for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's good for, like, a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's good for a few minutes, and then, it's, and then it just, like, goes on and on and on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, he goes off reservation, and uh, he, like, sees one of the workers in, like, a golf cart. And the guy's, like... Oh, you know, like it, it, you can't beat them. Like they're sure shots, and the <laughs> only basically just tells him you're dead, dude. Well, no, he, he the, what he says is like you should find some acid yeah. and throw it in his face. It's like where the fuck is he gonna find acid? And what eventually ends up doing it is he just spills some water on him. It's like why not just say go to the pond? <laughs> Like, yeah, go underwater and wait. No, go find acid. Go find acid. You're like, where's he gonna find it? And then he finds acid. Oh, then he finds it. It's just like in a and beaker. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. He throws acid at his face, and Yul Brenner's like, ah. No, he well, doesn't even make any noise. And yeah. then he just washes it off, and then goes on chasing him. And there's like nothing wrong with his face. I'm like, what did the acid do? Maybe it was mislabeled. <laughs> yeah. the The other thing that I liked about it too is that they do this like robot vision for Yul Brenner yeah. uh, when he's like searching and scanning, yeah. which also like it's Terminator like Terminator is totally <laughs> ripped off. But yeah, it just looks like Nintendo. Yeah. Like it looks so bad. It's like how could you um, how could you target anyone with that <laughs> with that like vision system? So bad. How would you be able to see anything? Yeah. Oh man. I did have fun watching it though. I mean. It was, I, I had fun. Well, I, the, most of the reason why I had fun watching it was because I've seen the show. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of relating it to that. Just kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is where they got this from. This is where, you know, that kind of thing. And you can, and when you're watching a movie, I mean, this was 73. You can kind of see where people lifted things from this movie and, and you know, used them in, in later movies. And then obviously you just mentioned like Terminator and well, I didn't know what Michael Myers and, and uh, Halloween, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, movies like these are kind of they're uh i don't know influential but they're not you go back and watch them now and you're like oh my god nothing happens they're it's literally just fucking around and then finally yeah your friend or shoot somebody i yeah i feel like this is this is like a cool sort of like demo it's like it's a neat concept but it's not it's yeah. not a film like it, yeah. it, there there's no there aren't really characters it wasn't, here wasn't really flushed it, out it, yeah it, it, it's really just kind of like yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's a concept it's kind of bubblegum uh it's almost like they were trying to do a slow build but it wasn't like 
building enough. You know, I didn't build anything. Yeah, like it, it was just like, oh, let's do this. Like, oh, they would we'll do just the... we'll fuck these robots, right. and then should we take place in the <laughs> in in the bank robbery? Nah, let's fuck the robots again. Because <laughs> they do the thing where like they come back to the room and they're like, oh, this one malfunctioned. And they're like, oh, well, that's weird. And and the the doctor or whoever the guy back uh, in the the behind area is kind of going, oh, they're, they're all malfunctioning at the same time, and then. And then there's the snake bite, and then like one of the times when, when I think it's when Richard Benjamin fucks the one robot, <laughs> and they're hugging, and then she opens her eyes, and like there's like this music cue that's like, Wee! and you're like, all right, so it's this building, but it's not really building, but you're like trying to tell me like something bad's gonna happen, but I gotta wait like another fucking hour for it. <laughs> so what's the music cue there? Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and and the start of all the fucking calamity is the fat guy that I don't even care about who's on who's in medieval world gets stabbed in the stomach and I'm like who is that guy I don't even fucking care about him yeah yeah that that is kind of weird they they I feel like it's just sort of like a world building idea where they just yeah. kind of have this guy to show that there are other sort of right. uh realms in this amusement park and then he he sort of triggers the robots truly malfunctioning right. when he gets stabbed uh, at the end of that like underwhelming sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> Why did that go on so long? If it was just gonna, <laughs> if the whole point was just to show that they that the robots were actually going to murder him. Yeah, the robot should have just overpowered him quickly and stabbed him. And why? The other thing too is, and the it, guys monitoring it didn't react the way that you would have expected they react. Seeing guy just run through. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that guy was just murdered. Oh shit, we're going to get sued. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should leave. Uh, thousand dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, as soon as that happens, all of the robots malfunction. Yeah. And it's just kind of again, like I feel like it's it's a cool it's a cool idea. Um, yeah, but, like, but there's just there's no real movie there. And honestly, I've seen the show too. I've seen the first season anyway, and there's not really a show there either. <laughs> well, and they don't really even explain like why, because I'm pretty sure that Yul Brenner fires his gun at somebody like near the beginning and it doesn't work, but then it works later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever really exp- they don't explain that. Oh at all. yeah, well they do have the exposition where uh, uh, Brolin sa- like Benjamin says, uh, oh, you the know, heat thing, right? Yeah, like uh, how how do I know that I won't be shot? And he's like, well, shoot me, and he tries, like, and it doesn't work because there's a heat sensor or some bullshit. But I mean, the other thing with that is, you know, in terms of like an amusement park where people would just want to shoot guns a lot. <laughs> like maybe maybe there's no heat sensor at the time but like somebody could just easily walk into a bullet because <laughs> I, I mean honestly if i went there i would just be shooting the gun i'd be like a jackass what if you shot a, a robot and there was a real person behind it yeah i was actually wondering the whole time um because i think it was during the bar fight and i'm like wait so a robot can punch a human mm-hmm. i'm like so a robot could beat the shit out of a human <laughs> like yeah so it's just the guns that don't work what if one of them breaks a bottle and stabs someone in the neck with it? And what's stopping him from doing that? It's such, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was such an odd concept. It was some, one of those things where like, oh, they could do a lot with this. But no, nah, they really didn't. They really didn't. Yeah. Although I wanted to play this for you because I do like it. This is from the beginning of Westworld. Is this another thing that we have to work to produce in? Maybe. 
when he's interviewing people? This mm-hmm. guy. Fucking love this guy. I mean, aside from the the woman who's like, I like the man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> see, and that was the, like I mentioned earlier when I was watching this part, I'm like, all right, that's kind of creative. I, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. But then just whew, downhill from there. Are they real guns? Yeah, they're real guns. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. This is how we're doing it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Was she, is she one of them? She could be. You got to look at the hands, which oh. comes into play like twice in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, that part was bad. Uh, Let me see your hands. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, they develop fully functioning thinking androids that can rebel, but they fucked up the hands. Yeah, <laughs> they got the faces. They can make facial expressions. Yeah, fully articulated faces. Yeah, but, uh, the fucking hands. hands got like rings around the the knuckles. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, so that's Westworld. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richard Benjamin lives at the end. I, Spoiler. I, I... I feel like it's worth watching, but it there's just there's not a lot there. It, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I want to put on like a just a weird older movie. All right, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like put on that, or I, I haven't seen Future World, but you know maybe I'll watch that too. Maybe, yeah, but maybe not. But maybe not. It might be bad, but it might be good to be bad. Maybe I don't have that much time in my life. Logan's Run, you know, I'll, movies like that. I'll probably just watch throw it on. Um. Yeah. So what was our last movie? Ghost in the Shell, the animated yeah, one. The animated one. This was this was your suggestion that I agreed with because I had never seen it. Well, and I think I mostly wanted to do it because I mean, before we restarted our show, I guess we hadn't done like an animated film yet. I don't think, and I was kind of like, hey, we haven't done one of these yet. Let's let's throw one of those on there because mm-hmm. I was like, what about you know we're talking AI? What about like Iron Giant or Wally or, or Ghost in the Shell or something like that? And I think we both decided ghost in the shell be a good pick mm-hmm. so here we are was it a good pick um, had you you'd seen it before right i had not i i actually i forgot that i had seen it before but i think i saw it when i was like way like a young like teenager age like way way long ago i'm like an old man now but yeah i probably didn't understand what the hell was going on in it at the time and I mean, it's an anime. So, and did you this so you, time? So you can only really understand a certain percentage of it. Uh, I'll let you explain this one. All right. Your choice. Oh, my God. I'm going to try it after the beer. Um, so it's about... Hold on. Let me go to the, the page. So I've mm-hmm. got everything up. Okay. So the... <laughs> Good luck. This this should be a YouTube series. Try to explain Ghost in the Shell while drinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the it takes place in a, a futuristic Japan. Uh-huh. It's apparently divided into different sectors now, I guess. Uh-huh. So, Sector 9 uh-huh. is the, like, the defense. Basically, they're, they're big on, like, the special ops type of thing. So, they're... Uh-huh. they're uh, they have um, the main character, Matoko Kusanagi. Uh-huh. She is the the ghost in the shell, you know. Uh-huh. The, the She's the Scarlett Johansson for this film. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's kind of the, the major who's... And uh, their Section 9 is hunting the... Or Sector? Is it Sector 9 or Section 9? I can't remember now. I don't know. They're hunting I'm the... relying on you to figure out what happened in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
their their main job is to hunt the puppet master, which is they. Well, I guess at the beginning of the movie, they think it's a person who's uh-huh. hacking into people's brains to wipe their memories and get them to do things for him. Yeah. So like puppets. Yeah. So they're hunting him down. There's there's a lot of master slave dynamics in, in the movie. But. So basically, it's a it's a futuristic setting where right. uh, like uh, humans have like robot limbs and robot parts right. and yeah. their brains. Kind of similar to Alita, <laughs> where people can be all android or just partly android. Yeah, but they can be hacked, and right. so basically, it's it's like a, a computer hacker right. who's who's hacking into their brains to control them right. to do his and, his and bidding. And is uh, she either has a human brain or she has human brain cells in her android body yeah so she's so and and they find out through the course of events that the other sector six is kind of like i Uh guess like the cia Uh and they're um they created the puppet masters and they're trying to get him back so that Uh he doesn't because he he he, uh, the puppet master was a program that they developed that i guess became sentient and then decided to start hacking into people's brains it basically it basically it's it's programming went into like the internet and it obtained all this knowledge from like i mean uh-huh. the internet quote uh-huh. unquote it was he called it like the electricity electricity uh-huh. pool or whatever the information superhighway yeah, yeah. the www <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll 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 pause you for a second and for the listener who hasn't seen this movie uh this is actually what it's like to watch ghost in the shell yeah uh, to try to understand you're like what <laughs> this yeah and it's it's i mean it's only 83 minutes but it feels like 105 minutes of exposition yeah uh, well, they're talking a lot and, about what's and going yet on. like it still doesn't quite make sense you know i watched this giving it the benefit of the doubt because it, it's it's uh it, it's got great ratings yeah. and it's it's supposedly a classic and so i was thinking oh man it must be me like i i must maybe i'm i'm the dumb one who doesn't get it but by the end of the movie it was like no this is this is just a lot of exposition it's a lot of like kind of oh, yeah. heady nonsense and i mean it's, it's not a lot of exposition. it's not necessarily bad like i didn't i didn't necessarily dislike it i mean i understood enough of it yeah to to sort of like put together something that was kind of interesting but like by the i think the, like the last 20 or 30 minutes were like the, the sort of climax it is we just end up somewhere and they're fighting this thing that I've never seen before. It's like a big tank with legs. Right. And it's like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Tank. Who's controlling it? Like, why are they fighting it? What are they fighting it for? Like, I, I never really quite understood it, but, uh, <laughs> like I, I thought there were some interesting ideas in the beginning of the movie. Um, like like there's the part where uh they like the the sort of driver for the androids is just like a human who is like an honest cop and he and like at one point he asks like why why am i part of this team like i don't understand right and you know this android character gives the explanation that like you know we would become predictable if we were all perfectly logical beings like right. we need your honesty and your basically. yeah yeah you know, like your humanity to to like create yeah. some kind of diversity and and like unpredictability yeah. like we need your sentiment to to sort of like well and that's why round like, out a lot the of the team a lot of the people that like if you if you ever go online and, and seek it out a lot of the people that really kind of discuss I the won't. movie uh, that discuss try to discuss the movie in depth are the people that have watched it 
like a hundred times. Which I, I'm yeah. never gonna do. I'll watch it maybe and one the, more time. And they time like in my examine life. like the the philosophy of like her wanting to be wanting to know what it means to be human, and she's limited by her human brain, but yet the puppet master is unlimited, has unlimited potential, and wants to be limited by, and that's why they merge in the end. So that's kind of the the reasoning. But but if you if you're not if if it's totally like not even even catching on then it's like yeah by the end of it you're like what the fuck is even happening um yeah i like no i i i sort of like i I was just glossing over at that point um i could i could see that happening (laughs) especially with the amount of like talking and describing that they do of everything that's happening and it's like okay Okay. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> the the end when she does finally meet the puppet master who she's been chasing as the villain this whole time yeah. and it turns out he's not really a villain and it's actually another like robot consciousness or whatever. Right. Like that And just, actually the puppet master has been looking for her as well. Yeah, that that whole thing just felt like a like a video game cutscene yeah. that goes on too long like a Metal Gear Solid cutscene yeah. that goes on for like 25 minutes and you're like, oh, you can God. definitely well, that's the thing that like you can definitely tell the influence that it's had on like things like that and like or like the Matrix or like you know all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and so. luckily some of those other things actually took it and did something interesting with it because <laughs> <laughs> this this kind of doesn't. And I, I don't know, like I also feel like the animation is a little bit weird. Like I, you know, at times it's it's just it's traditional anime then Mm -hmm. it was also like 1995 so it was like the very sort of ground floor of like computer effects so sometimes there's like some weird sort of 3d imaging going on and then at times there's like it's photorealistic it's like this this kind of weird happening we're like i i feel like at the time it was like really interesting um but now it just sort of looks kind of awkward and like, like it doesn't quite match up. Uh, I don't know. I, it's fine. It's fine if you weren't feeling it. Quit drinking the past blue ribbon easy. It has low calorie. This is the easy past blue ribbon beer. <laughs> so, uh, Ghost in the Shell, you picked it. Yeah. Are you happy with this choice? I'm glad I picked it. Did you see the uh, the remake? I did not. The live action. I did not. All white Scarlett Johansson I did remake. Not. Although um, I feel like um, I think that they, they they did use some of the scenes from the anime in the remake, though. I feel. Um, but I, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I mean, I saw it um, similar I, to Alita. I was in Toronto uh, two years ago when it came out. And there was like one of those theaters that does the like the 4D or whatever, where it has like oh, the motion seats. It's a lot of D's. Yeah, it's way too many D's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had like the the motion seats, and so I I paid thirty dollars for a ticket for it, and it's like it was, it was like in the back of the, it was a huge theater. It was like only two rows in the center section of like the back of the theater. And those were like the motion seats. And like I sat down and nobody else was in that section. It was just like, <laughs> oh, God, like. Going to catch these vibrations. Definitely made a Not mistake myself. here. And then, uh, you <laughs> know, there, there's like six other people. 
And uh, as soon as the lights go down, they all just move back to that that section. <laughs> so I immediately felt like a tourist. And uh, and then wow. you know the movie it was it was basically like it was less like um, I I don't know I feel like it was trying to like put you in the moment, but it was kind of it, it it was so flawed because it would just it would be like a um, like a sensory interpretation of what was happening on screen so instead hmm. of like if there was like a loud noise like the seat would like jolt you know and so like it just didn't make sense so like if there was just like if like loud bassy oh music God. played like the the seat would vibrate or something <laughs> like that whereas like <laughs> yeah like this is music why are you doing this <laughs> yeah and uh so it it was just it was just distracting and it kind of gave me a headache yeah and uh it, it that's was the way terrible. i feel about 3d movies now <laughs> yeah but it was it, well it was also in 3d um oh but God. yeah it, it was that sounds it, like a nightmare it literally gave me a headache um and, and it, i mean you know it didn't help that the movie was fucking terrible um it was basically like this nonsensical anime movie um but like 40 minutes longer but like they took it seriously <laughs> yeah 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 oh, yeah so yeah ghost in the shell not great well this has been mandatory movies uh tune in next time where we think we might be talking about captain marvel and <laughs> captain movies uh, yes that's our arbitrary theme and flamingo yeah so for all you captain corelli's mandolin fans out there you're in luck you are in great luck although we won't have a christoph waltz movie to review but that's okay <laughs> but this has been mandatory movies and uh i'm bradley redder i am dr ido <laughs> And he's Kevin Falkenberg. Good night. <laughs>